back to Brian's Beat. Join the show by calling 508-996-0500. New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. Beat now, the Globetrotters. I, I like that cartoon, and I watched it uh, quite often. I don't. I can't speak for you. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. So the Thrive Act. The Thrive Act. It's a bill sponsored by State Senator Joe Comerford. I I, I don't know how many members of the 200 Bacon Hill lawmakers are are supportive of taking the graduation requirement out of MCAS. Her point is, let's just stop getting away from the rigid, pretty punitive system where one test gets to determine whether a student is competent in a single area. Well, I agree with that. I agree with that. I'm not sure that there are the votes in the legislature to do away with it. However, the people, it looks like, again, we we really won't know till the end, but uh, the folks at the Massachusetts Teachers Association, and I'm not big on the teachers' union, but sometimes... Politics makes strange bedfellows. And in this particular case, I agree with what the uh, mass teachers are trying to do. And that is to stop MCAS as being a, a graduation requirement. I have a feeling somewhere down the road, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be something similar to, to like marijuana, where it becomes decriminalized and then for medicinal purposes, and then finally, totally legal. So what do I mean? So you probably stop it as a graduation requirement, and then a few years down the road, somebody might say, well, since it's no longer a graduation requirement, why do we do it? And then folks like the Ross Grace Juniors and the and the Chris Cotters on the New Bedford School Committee and other school committees, they will come up with a bright idea which is really going back to what it used to be. Why don't we have our school department, our superintendent, decide on what test would be good for students in our particular school? You know, something that proves that they're competent, but is more focused on what they've been learning at, at, at our schools. At private schools, they, they, they do testing, but they don't rely on one single type of test. Here, 
MCAS is the test, and students take it in in, in many years. In fact, uh, one of the things about the the ballot question or the Thrive Act, it will not eliminate MCAS totally because whether you call it MCAS or Fat Cat as they do in Florida or whatever uh, name the state has for it, it's federally mandated that there are yearly standardized tests. Now, why the Fed has to get involved with this, I don't know. But my guess is what they do is they dangle that carrot that says federal funding over over a state's head. And so what do you think the state's going to do? We need that money. It's like we say with uh, with what's going on in politics. And education certainly is politics. Follow the money. So as the president of the Mass Teachers Association states, MCAS limits the opportunities people have. He believes that MCAS has done enormous harm to students of color, students with disability, students who are English language learners, and that may be true. I think it's done harm to students in all categories. There are 700 students each year, roughly, you know, 700 students each year who pass all their classes in school. They do everything right, but they don't get a passing score in MCAS. And because they didn't, they don't get a high school diploma. Is that right? Is that what is fair in life? But is it fair? Do you agree with it? Love to hear from you on the show today. 508-996-0500. When we come back, Ross Grace Jr. We've got Ross Grace Jr. coming up after this call that we're going to take right now. Hello. Hi, how's it going? I'm winging and I'm wanging. How are you? Good. Could I change the subject? Uh, I guess. Okay. I spoke to you the last time the other day and it was about the diabetes. Yes. Oh, last week. And, uh, oh, yeah. No, thank you, because I got my number. Yeah, I mean, I, and I was way off on that other number. I'm sorry. My my A1C was 14.7. And my uh, other number was 500 and I think they said 26. I had to double yes, check. Yes, I do that. remember that. Yeah. Now, I called because I have a question. Now, <laughs> I hope you remember this. You said to me, it was towards the end of my call, and you said... Yes, I have uh, diabetes and whatever. And then you said, and I don't take anything. Correct. Well, so my mind's kinda, telling me it's either yeah. one or two things. <laughs> you're either, if you're not taking anything, then you must be eating low carb or pretty close to no carb. Or you wouldn't be walking around. Yeah, pretty close to no. But I also take chromium. Yes, I know about that. What about berberine? Yeah. Have you tried berberine? Nope. Chromium seems I to be doing it. Uh, really? How yeah. much? How much? Uh, one tablet a day, I want to say maybe 200 micro, whatever's MCG, I think it is. I'll have to Are double check. Are you online or in the store? I get it. Well, in fact, good question. I got the, the last batch over at Down to Earth in New Bedford. I did get some online before. Mm. 
Well, look into berberine, too. I just can't seem to find it. I'm going to have to go online and get it. But amazing results with berberine. Berberine? Yes. It Never heard definitely of it. Definitely lower. Yeah. B-E-R-B-E-R-I-N-E. Berberine. Berberine. I'm looking for some just to try it out. Well, my 14.7 is down to a, 16, a 6.1 A1C and the 526. I, in fact, I did my blood sugars yesterday and I was 96. Now, I don't understand this. You were, what did you say was uh, your, the, the first A1C, the real high one? What was it? 14.7. Okay, 14. And your doctor didn't offer medication? Oh, he did. Okay, I refused and when you it. told him no, yeah, and and okay, and so you're going to do yes, so like I did. But the thing is, it doesn't go low overnight. So how was it? You didn't die with a number fourteen, and it takes time to go down. And you you were still eating the same food. Or no, no, I, no I so there uh, to do this quickly because I do have somebody waiting. Yes, uh, there there that. were three doctor appointments in one week. Uh, one to get the blood drawn, and then that day they told me I was 526. They had me come in the next day, and, you know, they wanted me on insulin right away, and I said, if you take me some off of some of the other medications, uh, I'll consider it. And they said, right. no, we're not going to do that, and they said, I'm not going to take it. And then I had to come back that Friday, and it already had gone down. But in between those times, I had already reached out to the naturopathic doctor, and he told me to go out and get the chromium, and yeah. and I did it, and well, it just time, slowly went down. Now, but when you do, I'd like to get back into it and talk about the naturopathic holistic doctors. I want to get into that, and I'm looking for a good one. I'm just going to dump my doctor because she's not really going along with what I'm doing. She said, "Oh, you're doing real great. This is real good. You're off your medicine now." Blah blah. But she still didn't like what I was doing. So I'm just going to get away from doctors, and that's the way it's going to end up with me. Yeah, I, you, you know, so find, find it, no problem. Find a nurse practitioner. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah. I have one in my family. My daughter is, but you can't do that with your family member because <laughs> uh, we get into things. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Hey, thank All you right. much for the call. I do appreciate thank it. You. Bye-bye. 508-996-0500. I am reaching out today, actually earlier this week, uh, I reached out to Ross Grace Jr., who is a member of the New Bedford School Committee, because I was talking about that incident up in Brockton, uh, as you recall yesterday. And he says, well, quite frankly, I've been concentrating on the Thrive Act. And I said, what's the Thrive Act? And so he told me it's, it's this push legislation to remove MCAS as a high school graduation requirement. And I said, well, you know, there's a ballot question to do the same thing. And so now I said, you know, let's have a conversation about this. So welcome, Russ Grace Jr. Hello, man. Hey, good morning, Brian. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be back on with you, Brian. And uh, it's an important topic. Very important. important topic. I, I think yeah. that no matter which way it goes, we, we agree that MCAS needs to stop here in the Commonwealth, and if yeah. nothing else, at least as a high school requirement. Why don't you tell us about yeah, Thrive? Yeah, okay, so um, the Thrive Act is a piece of legislation, and what it is is there were different um, ways of addressing uh, the impact that high-stakes state-mandated testing impacts our children in their preparation for um, their next level of, of life. Um, but the Thrive Act uh, focuses on 
the high school graduation requirement. And what it would do is um, it would put the responsibility or the measuring stick, because we constantly need assessments, we do need testing for students, but it would be, put it back in the hands of the district at a more local level. And that, in turn, would allow a little bit more um, flexibility and creativity in meeting the students at where they're at, as opposed to um, a line that does not take a lot of factors into consideration. So what do you mean um, by meeting them where they're at, Ross? Well, here's the deal. You know, I worked in the public school system for 17 years. There was a massive paradigm shift when MCAS became the driving force in public education. What I mean by that is, as opposed to a uh, teacher or a building focusing on the social developmental needs of the child, the things are paramount for a child to develop confidence, for their confidence, for their cognitive skills to develop. The shift went on meeting the child at their uh, social, economic, and humane level. And the new perspective was, how do we make sure that they're achieving at a certain level in terms of specific testing? And how do we teach them these skills to be able to pass a test? So there's a shift. Uh, when I had initially worked in schools, when I was a student in the school, um, we constantly had testing. We have to monitor how our children are doing. We have to have a high standards to push our children. But the focal point of education at that time was relationship building, confidence, the basic uh, uh, tools that a child needs to um, move further. Now those things still do happen in schools because we have great educators, but there was a paradigm shift and I happened to witness it firsthand. When we were getting a new child into the school, uh, once MCAS was moving full force, the teacher's first question to me as the assistant principal introducing the child uh, records to that teacher was no longer, all right, where is this child from? What is their family's need? You know, and that was the conversation. We spent time uh, uh, focused on child. So now the conversation became, oh my goodness, you know, how are they testing in their last school? So the approach and how we view our children is dramatically impacted by it. So I, 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 Ross, what I, I hear here is, that you, you haven't really come out and, and stated it, but it sounds like what other teachers have have stated in that they all of a sudden end up teaching to a test instead of teaching the English, the mathematics. And, you know, I don't know about all the old social stuff that you're throwing right. in there, but I, I, I certainly don't hear anything about, you know, learning language skills, learning, you know, right. the things that, you know, you, you take a test on, you know, to to pass uh, algebra or, or science or whatever. Yep, and there's not, that's not to say that the schools don't have support systems in place to help those students with those needs, except it was diminished and cut down because um, the focus was making sure that they were passing assessment, will happen pretty regularly, weekly, and then able to pass the test. Now, what it does do, and this is the problem with it, it doesn't con take into consideration um, a lot of the factors that children bring into the building. You know, um, trauma, a fear of test taking, like I didn't do well in test taking. And I happened to graduate, uh, uh, I did very, you know, I did pretty well. I went to Providence College, got Boston University, but I remember a specific situation where I had blanked out during a test and I was going for extra help and, and I failed terribly. And the teacher pulled me aside, he says, Ross, you know this. And he questioned me about it and he, he allowed me to um, give it to him verbally. 
You understand what I'm saying? So I was still able to translate what I knew, um, even though I wasn't able to pass that test. And so what that does is that skews the capacity for children who have different uh, needs or whatever to, um, to, to have the same access. And we should be creating avenues uh, for success, not decreasing them. Well, how succeed? Let's try it like this. And you can speak for New Bedford because you grew up in New Bedford. Yeah. The system that's in place right now, how many kids that would have graduated high school in the old system today cannot graduate high school because they have not passed the MCAS? The last numbers that I had read it had been about seven hundred, and I'm not. I don't think that's um. I that's not New Bedford per se. You know what I'm saying? But it's been about seven hundred students who done who are academically proficient, but who had failed the test. What about in and in so, the city? Is there any kind of I, breakdown for New Bedford? I, I'd have to get that, Brian. That's a great question. I should have been more prepared for that. And I'm sure there's an answer, and I'd be happy to look into it. And I can post it on my social media. So what happens to those kids? Question. I mean that. Well, do do, do the they come back for is, a fifth year? Do they just not, you know, they go out and into the world? And I mean, I, I would think that some school will look at their well, record and say, the hey, you did well. And, you know, you can yeah. come to my college. They, they, they get they get a, a like a certificate of completion. So it is something there. But the thing about that, Brian, I think that's even more important is the world is changing dramatically and it's changing quickly. And. Um, a high school diploma, a master's degree doesn't carry the same weight that it used to. You know what I'm saying? And so with a high school diploma, we want we should be creating as many avenues as possible for a student to have it. And again, you have to assess them. I don't want that to be confusing. It, it does need to be testing, except it should be um, uh, done by the teacher and then by the school and at the district level. And then if they choose to go to college, let the college look at the whole student. You know, and if you look at a lot of these private schools, private schools don't have MCAS testing. And that's where, like, you know, you have to question is there a reason that it just happens with, with the public schools and the constituency of the public school department. You know, these are all questions that we have to think about. There's, there's a, a, a hint of marginalization. And I think that allows teachers more flexibility and it allows them to tap into the, tu- the student as a student um, to, to uh, develop their capacity to learn and be successful in as many ways as possible. And that's what we're missing because they're, they're, the, 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 the job force is changing. So we want kids to more than be able to pass a test to be able to uh, have confidence or in, 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 in a certain trade or develop as many venues as possible for them to explore what they have, like to do as a career. You know, you, you know you're, you're, making, you're making sense, Ross. You, you yeah. really are. So you're, if, you're, if you're making you're this kind of sense... Why yeah. is it that the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education keeps going full force with this as a graduation requirement? I, and what what are your your school committee members saying about this? Are are they in favor of of ending it as a graduation requirement, or you know what what what's the temperature at at the school committee? Well, I haven't really discussed it with many of them. My thing with my colleagues. And they're all wonderful people. I'm not quite sure, except there was a time where there was a push for MCAS. And a lot of uh, them were like, right, we're turning the corner, you know, we're meeting these standards. And when I and Chris Burrow first ran, ran, we were saying, wait a minute, there's a lot of things that go wrong with MCAS. You know, except I think some of us who were on the school committee um, were, were going in the direction of MCAS. So now, like, peeling back, 
it might be a little bit difficult. And not only that is it's become more normalized. And, what does that mean? Um, people what I are mean used to normalized it? It's because, yeah, people are becoming used yeah. to something that yeah. isn't cool. Yeah. You know what I'm They've saying? They've been so around for almost 30 back. years. It's why do you want to change it? Yeah, time. I get you. And what, they, why think, and what I want to say about that is that it's the shift of the paradigm. It's how we view our students. And I'm saying this as somebody who witnessed it firsthand. Not only that, and I'm not saying about this about Andrew, uh, because Andrew's outstanding, the super. And if there's anybody to guide us through this, it's Mr. O'Leary. And um, he's, he's doing a phenomenal job. But with MCAS testing in the hands of the wrong superintendent or leadership, it is weaponized. And I've seen it weaponized against teachers. And what it does is all schools become more standard-based, which means they lose their identity and their uh, community relationship capacity because schools uh, should reflect the needs of their particular community the social needs, the cultural needs, the individual needs, because then there's a connection between the student and their learning and the teacher. Now, when every school is standardized and they all have to do the same thing, the teachers aren't being looked upon how, why they got there and how they relate to that student, but they're looked upon uh, how they uh, perform at a test low. So now teachers are being moved all over the place. And if their students aren't performing well, then uh, a, stu- a teacher have to walk on eggshells because they're concerned about their grades as opposed to their child's uh, well-being and well-rounded education. And so they're seeing the child in a different way, and teachers um, were penalized. Yeah. And very good teachers were terminated because of this. And that didn't take into consideration that their students may have had, they may have been more behavioral challenges. They may have been more social needs. You know what I'm saying? So it disrupted the continuity of, of, of what was going on in the building. It's been, uh, the MCAS has been disruptive since the late 1990s. Uh, Ross Grace yeah. Jr. is our yeah. guest. He is a member of the New Bedford School Committee. So uh, I've got somebody who wants to talk to you, and, and then I have a question. Let me jump in real quick. I have a quick number. Quick, I have a quick number. Because I was looking it up um, in 2019, there were 40 New Bedford students um, who who left without a diploma. 2019. Had, uh, that was 2019, and I was, like I said, I, I have no problem getting more information posted on my page. I'm just rolling through real quick, trying to make that's, that. That's uh, uh, out of a class of what, maybe a thousand, somewhere near there. Yeah. That's yep. that's, but that's every pretty bad. Every, every oh yeah, matters. you know we, we we hear that all the time. Ross, yeah. I want to yeah. let a caller get in here and, and talk to you. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Thank you for your patience. You're on with our guest, Russ Grace Jr. Hi, Bright. I was actually calling in to speak to you about the blood sugar. Should I call back? Yeah, definitely. Okay, thanks. Right. I appreciate it. Okay. Hope you take care of Brian. Oh, I t- I'm, thank you. I appreciate that, and okay. I will. So, Ross, let me let me yeah. let me uh, get down to the bottom here. Why thrive as opposed to the voters trying to vote it out? Well, the thing there were petitions going on. It's going to be a piece of legislation that's going to be handled at the state level, um, and. And you're right about that. I mean, I think at some point to put it on the ballot so that citizens can vote against it. You know what I'm saying? Right now, the legislation is trying to be opposed at the state level to, to put on, on, on the ballot for uh, people to vote on. And uh, the city council had voted on it. And that's just a message of support. And I also think it's 
I'm not going to ask any school committee member to do anything that's against their belief system, but I think um, I personally believe that as school committee members, we should at least have a conversation uh, to support it or not support it and then be able to explain why. I do think that's important because, again, I was in the schools for 17 years, and it impacts uh, every facet of public education. And if you look at it, right, when did the schools, when did we start seeing, like, uh, the, the, the turmoil, you know what I'm saying? When did we start seeing the, the uh, there's a job crisis everywhere in terms of people going into the workforce, except the, the, te- the, the teachers staying three years and then leaving, you know what I'm saying? Where did, when did we start seeing... Um, yeah, I, 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 I agree with all of that, but I, here's, here's, here's my problem. Thrive leaves it up to the legislature, and quite frankly, I don't have too much trust in the Bacon Hill lawmakers. So why, why should we let them, why, why support that when there's a ballot question where at least the people, you know, if, if the people say no to it, then that at least is the people saying no. The people comprise parents and, and folks that, that aren't a part of the system as yeah. well as folks within the system? Brian, that's a good question. And like I said, I, I've, in, in my role as school committee member, I've been focusing on making sure that I'm trying to uh, bring the issue forward in terms of the legislation and the means of doing it. Um, you're, you're probably, I mean, that, that's a good point. But I think right now there's also, I, I think we're just seeing it uh, being discussed at a statewide level where before it wasn't even like really being addressed. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that is a, a I think we do have a point going on with that. But you're right about that. The individual citizens, but they, they, they were signing petitions for it. I know there were a lot of organizations. I was actually 135,000 signatures were turned yeah, into the yeah, secretary of state's yeah, office. Yeah. So there are a lot of people yeah. that support it. Right, and, yeah. and you know what? What yeah. kind of bothers me? So ho- hopefully the legislature, and you know, how, you know how people, I mean, hopefully that they listen to, to the will of oh, the they, people. They, 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 I, no, I yeah. don't trust them. Yeah. I don't no, I trust them John. like they probably John don't John trust me. So I, yeah, I, I yeah, I'll, I'll put my faith but, in the people. And if, if I'm wrong about the people, I'm wrong about the people. But the legislature, right, I mean, know, there, well, there's too know, much money involved here. There's too yeah. much money well, that, and people getting their pockets lined. And, and you're right about that, Brian. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna disagree with you that at all. My my motto's always been put the as much power as you can into the hands of, of the people. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the thing. You know, the the funding from and uh, for MCAS, these are all from private sectors. You know, these people are making a lot of money at at the cost of whatever forty seven hundred students not getting a diploma. You know what I'm saying? By limiting their access to. Uh, uh, Opportunity, you know what I'm saying, and that's what MCAS does. It. it limits things; it doesn't broaden it. And we should be trying to broaden the pathways for students to, to go on to the next level of life. And again, one other piece of it is, in terms of what it does to learning, there always has to, be, I believe, in a certain degree of like pressure that has to be put on students and anxiety. Uh, and we all deal with like anxiety; like those are important things for us. Except when it's your entire educational. Uh, potentially into educational career that you know that that that's an awful lot to put on students. Well, what about know, that you, student? here's here's care? something and else. I think about the individual student. You yeah, know? I, 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 I hear I, you, I Ross. Ross, Ross, take a breath. Yeah. Take a breath. If yeah, you're well, thinking about the individual point. student, then I would be championing. I, I'm not big on them, but charter schools. So 
Uh, there are other alternatives to just the one size fits all. Now, I know the charter yeah. schools also have MCAS, but they have different measures uh, of, of uh, discipline and whatnot yeah. that, that the traditional schools don't have. So yeah, and, and let's go for choice here. Yeah, and, and charter schools, and I have nothing against them. I've worked closely. I've had family members who uh, who have attended them. But th- there is a, a certain degree where there's where selectivism in there. You know what I'm saying? The public schools take all students. And we should be doing everything within our power to broaden the pathways for them um, to to uh, have a uh, productive future. You know what I'm saying? Whatever the case I, is, what they want I, to do. We can I, be expanding I, I think we can agree on that. But I, I, yeah. if we can agree on that, then I, I believe we would also have to look at the fact that no matter how you look at it, each and every year there's always some kind of barrier that gets thrown in there, a monkey yeah. wrench, whether it's coming from yeah. the union, whether it's coming from DESE, whether it's coming yeah. from school boards. So while the thought process that you just presented is great, the opposite is happening year in and year out. Well, I, I happened to be elected school committee a couple of years ago. Our platform was to challenge um, uh, the status quo of the MCAS system, and we got an awful lot of votes for it, and so we're pushing that the best that we can. And there are going to be obstacles at least. It's, it, it'll keep it on the forefront of people's minds, and um, if we get the word out, people may learn more about it. And even if nothing else, um, maybe it'll change the minds of, of the way that our buildings operate. So even if it fails, maybe that there can be a, a, a reshifting on meeting the student. And that's the language I use all the time at where they're at, on who they are, and, and working with them as individuals and developing means and tools within the building and within the classrooms to uh, – present a, a, a vision for their future as opposed to just being able to pass a test. Uh, Is the state going to allow to you to do that? Well, we're putting up the good fight. Well, you know I hear you. I, I mean, I, I, I know you're yeah, putting up the good I, fight. I, I, know. I know Chris yeah. Cotter's putting up the good fight. But it yeah. sounds to me that even within your rank and file that yeah. there there's apprehension. And if, what, there's seven of you, if the vote's 4-3 and you lose then aren't we back at square one? But the, par- and, but yeah. the parents and the, and the students are the ones that are really on the losing end of that stick. And we're trying to give voice to them the best that we can. I know there's a lot of organizations out there, in particular the Coalition to Save Our Schools. Um, you have just individuals throughout the community who are trying to at least spread the word. But uh, ultimately, you know, when, when we're working in a hierarchical system and education should be cyclical, if you look at the dynamics, it starts at the state level, then goes all the way down, and who's at the bottom? I mean, who takes the short end of the stick? The students and the families, unfortunately. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, no, and I hear you. But even, and, and why, why, is the, why does the federal government make it a requirement for, uh, M, you know, in our state, MCAS to be well, yearly, uh, yearly test? And you have to question that. And I guess what they, I think initially what their, what their discussion was, I, I think it began with like globalization. And when you're looking at globalization, you want to perform uh, academically or grade-wise um, at the same level or higher than a lot of other countries that were outpa- outpacing us. And so with globalization, you have to take into consideration that a lot of these other countries who had these different standards 
uh, that their students were meeting, their economic backgrounds were more aligned. Their, their cultural and nationality was more aligned. America is very, very diverse, let alone Massachusetts. And so the way we measure our students and in terms of uh, how we were trying to compete with the global market um, and, and, and be competitive with them, I think we'd have to do differently than, except that's where like MCAS came about. And, and it started off, I guess, with an initial vision of we wanted our students to achieve, except achieve what? What, and, 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 and at what consequence? You know, we shoot, are we cutting our nose off in spite of our face? You know? I guess I look at it from the standpoint, I am so glad that my kids are done, but I worry about what's going to happen when they have kids and, and their yeah. kids. I know one son has already said he's, you know, he's not even going to consider yeah. uh, the government oh. schools. Yeah, I mean, if I had to, if I had to put on my activist hat and my school committee hat, I take off my school committee hat. I mean, I say it's an assault on public education, and who who does the public uh, who who does public education serve? You know, for the most part, you know, those of lower economic socio uh, socio backgrounds. When kids don't do well in school, or they 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 they're not uh, connected to their educational process, they're out in the streets. They go, they're out in the streets. They go to prison and. You know, they, there's a whole line of things that come with that, and people make money off of that, you know. Um, and so, you know, if I am thinking as an activist in, in the way that I do when I'm not a school committee member, um, I, I question the whole uh, larger dynamics of it, you know what I'm saying? And why, does it, why, why is it imposed upon uh, the public schools where, where they get less funding? I mean, we're doing well now in our district, except why isn't, why, why isn't uh, a private school um, with kids who make far more money, with far more support, who are already ahead in the race, why aren't they being uh, held to the same uh, standard? I mean, these are things that come to my mind when I'm just the, thinking. The, you, you get uh, what you pay for, for, Ross. You get yeah, what you, you pay for. And so it, it also keeps a certain class in certain positions, another class in other positions. Well, so, you know what? Again, I, 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 I can't agree with that. I, you, yeah. the, the student gets what the student gets out of the school. Oh. And part of the problem uh, with, with schools today, and I, this predates you uh, be, yeah. being on the, on the school committee, is that the superintendents can't wield the power and the principals can't wield the, the discipline power that they used to be able to have. I don't know if you had a chance to... Oh check out what I was telling you about Brockton. But I mean, uh, this is like girls gone wild down in Mexico during spring break. Uh, Kids smoking in the bathroom. Listen, you're the last one who, I'm the last one that that, uh, needs to buy into that one because um, by the time I had left the school department and there was an administration that they thought that my style was, that they called it militant, which I uh, took exception to, except if we don't have expectations for behavior and accountability for while our our children are young if we're not teaching what is acceptable and unacceptable or making things uh, readily available to them and say yeah you can do this you can do that and if your parent doesn't agree with what's going on they can come in and, and jeopardize a teacher's career um we're sending the wrong message and absolutely that, learn that but that's one of the reasons Folks like myself sent sent kids to private school because yeah, yeah the, the the ball has just run away. Yeah. And uh yeah. hopefully, hopefully you know, MCAS is just one thing that that yeah. needs to be changed. So I'll agree. I'll give you the final word here about what you know, what what do you want the us's to do in order to make whether it's the ballot question or thrive uh become reality. 
Well, I think I think number one is I think parents and families and community members just need to be informed um, as much as possible. How are you going to um, go about doing that? I try to keep some things on social media, and again, I'll be making a motion on the floor at the uh, at the school committee. But there's also activists out there, and as 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 parents, I mean, I have kids in the school. It's, I do, and this goes back to our conversation. Is I also have some responsibility in this game to know what's going on and look into things. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It, here, it, here, here's my quick to suggestion to you, Ross. All yeah, right, uh, you let's let's put the activist hat back on for a second. So yeah. let's have some community meetings, whether you have it yeah. at a school or at a church, and tell you know have people come to these meetings to let them know what you're trying to do, whether it's thrive or the ballot question. You know, th- this is how you get out the vote. That's number one. Number two, uh, my guess is there are a lot of kids at, at New Bedford High School. I'm, I'm using the high school right now, but we could also say the Volk that are seniors getting ready to graduate, whether they graduate with MCAS or without. But they're probably pretty close to 18 years old. Let's make yeah. sure that when they get that high school diploma or the certificate of completion, that they also get a registered to vote ballot, you know, a yeah. registration card, so they can register to vote. Do you remember we used to do that? And you're no, right I don't. I, I don't. I mean, I mean, when I was in high school, we did. When I was in elementary school, we used to have practice mock elections. By the time I was in high school, they were giving us cards to register to vote when we was, uh, when we was of the age. Yeah, and this is the stuff that I'm saying that we've kind of lost in the in the direction of the of, of public education. You know what I'm saying? Well, but yeah, that that was definitely done you, before. And you know, but start me, start with the meeting so I, people know what's going on. That way, you're yeah. getting the word out. Worst case scenario, they don't like what you're saying. But the one yeah. thing uh, for sure is, if you don't get out and talk to them, then that message will get lost. I, I don't know how the other members of the school committee are going to vote for uh, on something like this but um if if you're tentative with it then that's why i say let's take it to the voters well i think that i mean i do work um there's some organizations doing a lot of really good footwork right now you know what i'm saying and they do the door knocking i am getting older i do have a job so i try to do my rolling but i know there are some and i try to support those organizations but and i will be mindful because i communicate with them uh, on a regular basis, and I'm sure they're listening, you know, th- those are things that we can um, pursue. But they've done a great job. Some of the organizations really have been trying. I believe you. I do see but, that. okay, yeah, the, but I, let them try, but we're going to keep yeah. on trying. This is what I want you okay. to do. When you put yeah. that next meeting together, get a hold of me, okay? And I'll make sure that uh, on, my, on my Saturday show that we let folks know that the meeting is going to happen. So... You know, not everybody listens, but yeah, I'll get that message same. out there. And and my guess it's is that some of the fight. other guys called, here will do the same thing. Yeah, it's called putting up the good fight, Brian. You know what I'm saying? It's called putting up the good fight. There so, you go. Well, All right, Ross. Uh, Brian, listen, I yeah. appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me on. And no I problem. hope all the listeners have a good morning. You too. And um, you have a great day, Brian. Take you care. too. Thank you very much. You. Ross Grace Jr. In his, I think, third year now on the New Bedford School Committee. Got time for a couple of calls if you're interested at 508-996-0500. And my thanks again to Ross Grace Jr. for joining us on the program today. 
I um I feel strongly about it. I, I feel strongly about a lot of educational issues, and that's why you probably hear me do a lot of talking about it. But if we don't activate ourselves, whatever the issue may be, then we are doomed. We are doomed. Our our governmental system, at least on the federal level, is based off of activism. We are a republic. Not everybody, it's not everybody agrees, but in pockets, you do do that. So in other words, uh, the majority wins in a city or a town election. The majority wins in a state election, not necessarily in a federal election. And not everything has to be a political election, just like you have different clubs and things like that. Uh, but you have to be active uh, about these. You can't just sit back in the easy chair and expect things to change. Now, I've known this for the longest time because I had folks in my family that were activists. Um, I lost a, a friend of mine, a former colleague, either Thursday or yesterday to prostate cancer. You may have heard the name Joe Madison, the Black Eagle. And one of the lines that you often hear me say, and you actually get numb when I say it is, what are you going to do about it? Joe Madison was one of those hosts that used to say that line. And I said, well, it's pretty close to the way I feel and what I do but he goes you got to do more than that you've got to also let your listeners know that they need to do something about it it can't just be you you've got to get you got to get the gang together you you remember several years ago after Trump was elected we did drain the Massachusetts swamp it was a one-day event and did the swamp here get drained no more or no less than the swamp in Washington. It can't just be Trump. It can't just be WBSM. We have to activate ourselves and get to it. I believe most parents, most parents, would like to see MCAS abolished, certainly as a graduation requirement whether or not their child passes it or not. But if you don't let folks know that there's this ballot question going on or a Thrive Act to let your your state rep and your state senators know how you feel about it, then it all goes for naught. So in the name of Joe Madison, the Black Eagle, What are you going to do about it? That's just the educational issue. We've got an immigration thing going on. What are you going to do about it? Instead of waiting for somebody else to do it. What are you going to do about it? You know, we can stand outside the the seaport inn and and go, yay, yay, yay. But you notice the other side had as many people going, yay, yay, yay. We need to take a vote on that stuff in this state. 
are you going to do about it? Most people aren't going to do anything. And if you don't do anything, what do you think is going to happen? Gandhi said it, whether you agree with Gandhi or not, nothing changes if nothing changes. So it is upon the you's and me's to move forward, whether, again, it's MCAS that I talked about today, no matter how you feel about what's going on in the Middle East, Gaza and whatnot, you've got to be active about it. You've got to let your congressperson know you don't like what's going on. I know some people uh, did that when it comes to the, um, the immigration bill. But I don't think anything is going to change with that. I, I think there, there are certain issues that are so butt to head, close to close, that there